Hi, everybody. I am Jen Johnson, and you're watching or listening to Thought by Thought Healing, where I talk about chronic pain and other chronic symptoms because I have my own story of healing from chronic pain. After I discovered the mind-body connection, I was able to reverse a whole myriad of different symptoms. And so I started this channel to really get the hope out there so that those of you with chronic symptoms understand why it is that you can reverse them by understanding that the brain controls our physiology. And so if we if we target the brain, we target our thoughts and our emotions and our beliefs, um, then we really can change how the how the brain is affecting the organs and the cells and just the different functions within our body that can cause chronic symptoms. So today's episode, first of all, I get to talk to Marcy Arneson, who um, has a healing journey similar to mine, actually. And I think you will really enjoy it. There is a lot of fantastic, really great nuggets in um, how she uh, experienced God, experienced healing um, in the fear that uh, that she carried, um, amongst other things in her, um, in her beliefs, um, and therefore in her body. But also this episode is going to be a little bit interesting. I actually, um, had a TMS symptom show up in the middle of this interview, actually in the very beginning, and I was going to cut it. You're going to see just some really awkward conversation that I assumed I was going to cut out. Um, and as I'm thinking and praying about it, I think that it is important for one of you to see. I could barely talk actually, um, because my throat just closed up and, um, it was definitely a subconscious fear as you will see prior to it closing up. You probably won't be able to detect that I went into a protective fear mode. Um, but I did. And I think this is a really great example of why, um, it's so important to understand that our subconscious thoughts, it's not just when we freak out and are in fear or in anger that our, that our physiology changes. It's actually when we repress them. So you're going to see me repress and pretend like I'm okay. And then um, all of a sudden I can barely talk. And it is definitely TMS because you will see that within a couple of minutes when I started to calm myself down and remember that I was okay, it went away. And no, I did not have a huge, huge fear response um, that caused it. It was very subtle and yet it showed up. So I'm being vulnerable and letting this just air and hopefully it's encouraging to one of you. So thanks for watching and um, yeah, check out my website, thoughtbythoughthealing.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, everybody. I am Jen Johnson, and you are watching or listening to Thought by Thought Healing, where I talk about chronic pain, chronic symptoms, and the mind-body connection, which is the hope in why we can heal. And so today I have the honor of interviewing Marcy Arneson, who has a story of healing. And as you will learn in this episode, as in others, I come at this from a Christian perspective. And so if that's important to you, then you're definitely in the right place. And so it's partly because of that that I'm so excited to hear um, this healing healing journey. So, Marcy, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and a privilege, and I've uh, been looking forward to it. Yeah, well, same here, and we're all honored to hear your story. So, um, yeah, why don't we just start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself, where you are, who you are. Sure, yeah. Um, well, um, I, I grew up in a pretty traditional family, um, was one of eight children and was right in the middle, number four. 
Um, my mom and dad did the best to provide for us. Um, I loved sports uh, growing up through high school and college, just competed and, and loved competition. Um, ended up graduating uh, college with an education, an elementary education degree and uh, also did some work with kinesiology. I just loved how the mind and body work together, even you know back in college. Um, and um, now I'm married, I have two adult children and uh, great, great family. I really am grateful for my family. Um, they've helped me a lot on this journey as well. And I love nature, um, grew up in the Midwest, pretty much have lived here my whole life. And now my husband and I, for the past 30 years, we've been serving in the full-time ministry here in the Chicago area. Oh, okay. What does that look like, full-time ministry for you? I do... Um, Oh, it's, it's, it's changed over the 30 years with different roles we've had, but it's, it's working with, uh, men and women throughout, you know, the Chicago area. We do parenting, uh, counseling and, um, marriage counseling, and just really helping people to understand the word of God. A lot of teaching, uh, people, uh, that are interested in just how to become uh, followers of Jesus. So it's really, it's really yeah. an incredible you know, I've been very privileged to also have this, this job. We love it. Wow. That's really cool. I'm going to put a pin in that and remember, we'll send you some referrals. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Well, um, why don't we talk about then, um, basically where and when did you first start experiencing TMS symptoms? Maybe you knew it at the time. Maybe you didn't just tell mm. us a little bit about that part of your journey. Sure. The first I think intense headache I had, uh, for me, I've been a chronic pain sufferer of migraines. And so my first pain was probably when I was about 16. It wasn't anything that lasted for days, but it was definitely a, a couple hours of this intense pain. And I just remember it wouldn't go away no matter what I seemed tried to do. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, obviously eventually it did go away, but was like, whoa, that was not fun. And then around 23 to 32 years old, I kind of would have episodic migraines just, you know, every so often. Um, but I didn't know they were migraines. I just, they were just really bad headaches. You know, I didn't actually know that really what was going on. And around 32 is when it kind of progressed to, so really the past 20 years progressed to chronic and were pretty much then either, well, just, you know, it went from a five a month to six a month to up to 15 a month, you know, uh, just almost every other day. So that's, that's kind of the progress of it for me. Okay. Um, did you have, I have like a frog in my throat. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> um, this is really interesting and I'm going to cut this out. Okay. <laughs> Um, some water. <laughs> yeah. I know by the way, that this is a TMS symptom. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So <clears throat> I know it's cause I didn't like my intro. Uh, <laughs> this is fascinating. I've never had this happen. <clears throat> and I felt it come on immediately and was like, Oh, okay. interesting. Your intro was great. I thought, uh, <laughs> that inner critic it was like know. every other one I've watched I've watched so many of your podcasts I feel like it was like just watching <laughs> your podcast I was like <laughs> okay wow 
Jen, you are safe. You are safe. I am safe. We are safe. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm like actually tempted to leave this in. Yeah. Right. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Our bodies are so amazing. They really, they really try to protect us. And that's one of the things I'm learning right now is just kind of sitting with that and being like, okay, I'm okay. Brain, you're okay. You know? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But gosh, you're all, I was thinking about that too. Just my husband, he speaks publicly often. And so he, you know, the throat gets so much work too. I mean, part of it's could be a lot of things, but yeah, it, it's, it can be a, a lot of wear and tear on our system, you know? <gasps> Woo. It's literally, my body is literally protecting me from making a fool out of myself. Mm -hmm. Well, well I've been super brain. nervous. And so my whole family has been praying for me. So I actually feel like, okay, God, whatever you want us to say, we're going to say, and I just really am like super encouraged that God works through us, you know, even in that when I'm, when I'm weak, you know, then he's yeah. shines, you know, through me. And, um, I feel like I've been very weak. <laughs> so it's like good to be like, okay, God, you made me strong, you know? Yeah. Yes. Cause when I'm weak, he is strong. And so yeah, that verse has always kind of really made me think a lot about this work because because I through my own healing journey, I often said, I am strong and I'm okay. Yeah. And I and I, and then I would go back and forth in my head of like, wait, do I can I claim that? Am I strong? Because the Bible says in when I am weak, he is strong. And and so I had this inner struggle often around this very statement. And so you yeah. That just reminds me that even in moments when I do have subconscious fear about my yeah. intro and yeah. about how I'm perceived, um, he's still, he's still strong and he is still going to be represented and, yeah. um, and see. No, even as I was getting ready this morning, I started to feel some symptoms and I was like, okay, because yeah. I've been doing so great, you know, like God is just really helping me. And I was like, Whoa, what, what am I? And I, I just kind of had a backtrack in my thoughts. Like I was scaring myself, you know what I mean? With my thoughts. I was like, Marcy, yeah. you know, it's okay. You're safe. It's going to be God. And you can also just know that you're not, your brain is, you know, thinks that thinks you're, you know, you're in danger, but you're not like just having to do all of that was so helpful. And, it, and immediately it went away. I was like, Oh, okay, good. Cause I kind of, for a second was like, uh Oh, yeah. Is this going to be like, you know, here I am talking about how wonderful it is to find this process and then go into some, you know, downward, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely we, know what you mean. And, yeah. and it's interesting because every time we start something new and somewhat scary in our lives, um, we yeah. do have to wrestle with that fear and, and, um, and so I, I remember I had healed and then I started thought by thought healing and I had the same thing 
as mm. of like, oh, especially when it's interviews and you don't have control, right? Like it's not like totally stop and start. In the beginning, when I started thought by thought healing, I had the ability to stop and start and present myself in a way that was quote unquote safe. And then switching to interviews, totally different ballgame. And so I know oh, yeah. that there's there's more quote unquote um risk. There's more things yeah. to protect in that. So Okay. Well, I'm going to pray about whether I'm going to cut this part or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you, you decide, I trust you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I remember you mentioning, um, once too, that like, maybe did you, did you, did your migraine shift around? Did you have, you yeah, know, yeah. And I maybe your shoulder or something. You're right. I did mention that, you know, and I know that sometimes I was, I was thinking about sometimes when I hear other people share their, their symptoms, if I'm not ready to, it can kind of trigger me, you know? So I want to be, I hope that what I, but it's also helpful to hear, wow, somebody went through this intense thing and they were they They, it's what I'm going through and now they're, they're recovering. And so I'm hoping that as I share this, it's helpful (laughs) to whoever is listening, you know? Um, Yeah. What's that? I just think what Marcy's saying for those of you listening or watching is is you're you're gonna share some things that if hearing about people's pain is triggering to you, then maybe skip forward 15 seconds or something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I would definitely have, I mean, very sharp pain in my head. Um, often to like it was usually on the right side, right in my eye, um, area, almost like a gosh, just something was sticking in there, right? Just to the point it was very debilitating and oftentimes very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I remember just being in my room, rocking myself, just crying myself, trying to get out of the pain, you know? And it'd be a, just waiting for either the medication to kick in or me to fall asleep. Um, and then there was that emotional turmoil that you were dealing with because it, gosh, when you get into that kind of pain, it really wrecks havoc on your whole system. I mean, my whole system would just be out for a day. And even after the pain was gone, I felt like I, you know, God just like, you know, I don't know, just, it was difficult to kind of, then even the next day without the intense pain, kind of, you just felt like you had this reverb, you know, what your system had um, been through for the past 24 hours. So um, yeah. It, it was, it was pretty debilitating for, for, for many years. Yeah. yeah. I definitely feel you on that. And I, and I also love your story because the longevity of your symptoms is, I mean, mm-hmm. age 16 and dealing with migraines. It's so, so long. And to have that steal your, the abundance of life from you for so long, um, I'm sure had um, I'm skipping ahead to the healing part of your, your story, but I'm sh- I'm mm. sure that there was what was there mourning for you in in um, mm-hmm. the loss of those years, or was it all just joy that you had finally found this understanding, this this answer? Essentially? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I mean, definitely there was a lot of um, shame. I think that I attributed and guilt that I would feel. Uh, not being able to get up in the morning and be, you know, when my kids were younger um, to really feel like I wanted to be there for them in the mornings. And I was super grateful that my husband would be able to get up with them and and help them on the days that I was sick. Um, But yeah, there'd be a lot of shame and guilt kind of tied to it. And, and, and yeah, absolutely a loss feeling of like, 
you know, because it became, as you know, with the chronic, the chronicness of pain, you're either in the pain or you're, if you're not in the pain, you're managing when's it going to come again, or you're expecting, or you're just, it just, it's like, so even though maybe I wasn't having that symptom, you're just, it's all your, I was all consumed with it, you know, because you're just wanting to prevent it from getting to that place again. And eventually it would, and then you're just kind of, and so it, it, it became very, not only the physical pain, but the emotional depression or just discouragement, I think was what I really faced a lot, a lot of discouragement and, uh, and just feeling like, you know, finally I got to a place where like, okay, I just accept it. This is just my life. This is just going to be my life. You know, it stinks, but this is it. And for some reason, at least accepting it helped me to say, okay, I can kind of keep getting, getting through each day. But I didn't have in my head that I always kept searching for an answer, but I just was like, I don't know if it's ever going to go away. I hope, and I would pray God take it away. And I just, but for whatever reason, I just kept saying, okay, I know that I know that I can heal, but it's just not happening yet. And that was, that's where I was pretty perplexed, you know, with, with what was going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of just really important gold nuggets in there. Um, that hypervigilance, that the overactiveness, yeah. that once we have a symptom and then just life without even meaning to just revolves around the symptom. And, and part of the way out is to, is to move from that, that pattern of always trying to fix yourself to realizing I'm, I am okay. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, but yeah. it's, it's such an interesting, um, process to do that. So when you say you kind of um, you didn't give up. You knew like th- there's something in here that I, I know I can heal. Do, yeah. you, do you think subconsciously, like you knew it was, it was brain related or did, did you think it was some structural physical um, abnormality that was causing it? Well, you know, it's interesting. And for many years, I kind of just suffered in silence. Cause I was like, I'm just going to hmm. push through, just keep pushing through, get up, do what you got to do. And so, yeah, I felt like you know, okay, I can, I can get through the days, but it's, and, and I remember talking to my different neurologists and different doctors and them saying, okay, we're diagnosing you with migraine, but there's nothing wrong with you. Like we can't find anything wrong. I, I mean, I went, got MRIs. I did, I was at the diamond headache clinic and did blood tests and all of this work and was even on the front of this, this magazine for, for uh, the North Shore University Health System for migraines, you know, they, because I was so known kind of with that neural, you know, the neurologist and, and they, they really provided what I, I guess they knew to do to help me at the moment. And I was grateful to have some relief, you know, from pain, you know, and whether it was, I even did Botox, I did acupuncture, um, all of these things. And sometimes I was on so many preventative medicines at one point and so many side effects from that. And so I had all of this going on and yet everything was coming back saying, you're fine. You know, there's nothing wrong. And so I was like, well, then maybe it's just a chemical reaction going on in my system, or maybe there's, and I started realizing, okay, there is an emotional component going on. So I started before I got physically well, started kind of working on some emotional things with my subconscious 
Um, there was a book recommended to me by a doctor, Alex Lloyd, called The Healing Code. It kind of talked about how to kind of pray to heal your subconscious, you know? And so I was like, okay, maybe there's something deeper that's been causing these headaches, but I didn't have any, it was more just me filling in what was my experience, you know? And yeah. my experience was when I'm stressed or when I'm emotionally feeling these things, these migraines come on. And, and then you'd go to the, my neurologist and they're like, okay, it's a nerve issue or it's, but they didn't quite know what nerve issue. There's probably just some nerve, you know, and I, I was, it was perplexing. It was perplexing. So I think to answer your question, yes, I think deep within myself, I was like, if there's nothing wrong with me uh, and I'm okay, then, then how do I heal? Like <laughs> if I'm healed, but I'm having this pain, how do I heal the pain? Yeah. You know, it was very perplexing. Yeah. And I remember somebody, oh, go ahead. Well, if there's nothing wrong with me, how do I fix the thing that's wrong with me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And nobody's seen. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I cut you off. What were you, what were you oh. going to say? Um, yeah. So I just, I think about 10 years ago, I was just like, I can get better. I just said, that's it. I've got to figure this out. And I really started doing more looking. There was a, a woman named Margaret Paul who had, kind of, it's almost like IFS, like inner family system method, like an inner bonding. It's called a method of looking at different, you know, ways I take care of my inner self. And um, so I was working on things like that. And, and I would start to have success like, oh, wow, there seem to be less migraines this week or wow. I seem to be just emotionally not as intense when the pain came. So I did start seeing things shift as I went after some of what mm -hmm. I believe my body teaches. I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of going along and, but yet the pain kept coming back because I didn't have this final, to me, I look at it as kind of this, the final piece that I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you started finding some relief. Um, interesting before you discovered the mind body connection. Yeah. Through I started noticing the tools, excuse me, through using some of the mind body tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when last October, when I actually came upon the mind body uh, connection, I was like, I was just like, this just makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. The, and so I was able to kind of put into practice right away the things that you were teaching and some of the other people that were teaching mind body, you know, and or neuroplasticity. And and uh, I remember I um, it was about yeah about six months ago. Uh, again, I, I I asked God. I was like God because I was back to back having migraines again. Um, this was after the summer. We had a really busy summer and. I was like, God, something's got to give. I can't keep going this route. And, um, cause I was just kind of having good and bad, you know? And, uh, and so then I, um, I actually, there's a scripture in James that talks about what to do when somebody is sick. And it says to pray for them as the elders to pray over you and anoint you with oil. And, and I was, I've never done that because I just was like, well, that's not really for me. I don't know. I just, I guess I was prideful or I don't know what the reason was. I just was like, that's not something I should do. And I was like, I'm going to do this, God, I'm going to obey the scripture. 
So I asked the elders in our church to pray and they anointed me with oil. It was just a simple, we were actually on the way to, to dinner and we were in the parking lot and they brought, you know, I had mentioned it ahead of time. So it was kind of funny. If anybody was watching, they're like, what's happening over there? But, um, but they prayed and my husband was there and other, other friends were with me. And I just, it would kind of just kind of, I believe God then that next day is when I, I actually found mind body information. Uh, and came upon a woman talking about pain reprocessing therapy. And that led me eventually to uh, looking things up. And I found your podcast and I, for the way you spoke and the way you talked about healing uh, just so resonated with me. And so I just, I, I went and watched everyone your podcast. I got all the information I could. And you were so kind to, you know, have your, a little bit of time with me, uh, even, you know, to uh, kind of catch up and, you really reassured me. You're like, you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me too, to be like, okay, then I, I'm going to just keep doing this. And it, it didn't go, my migraines weren't going away right away. And I know we even mentioned, maybe I could one day be on your podcast. I was like, oh, I would be honored to be on your podcast, but I just don't feel like I'm there yet. And so the fact that I'm here now is so just really continues to re reiterate the hope that I have, you know, in this process. And, uh, and honestly, uh, so grateful for, you know, even how you attribute healing to what God has already designed. And I love the God piece with the science piece to me, that's fascinating. So yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, did I go off? I'm sorry if I did. No, not at all. And actually just you sharing about the anointing with oil. I, um, the times that you and I have talked, we haven't connected over this. So mm -hmm. I, I have a similar story is that I, I had just like endured and nothing was changing. And, um, and finally one day I was like, I, I don't know. I've never asked my pastor to pray for me. Yeah. Again, like this is not for me. And so I finally did it and I had them mm -hmm anoint me with oil and, and they talked to me about how it was not magic and the, you know, the, yeah. the oil wasn't going to heal me. And then they, they asked me a question about like sin. Do you have any sin in your life that, that you mm -hmm. need to, to, um, you know, repent of first. And I, you know, my answer was no, but I have shame mm -hmm. and I don't know where the shame, like, I don't, I don't think I have sin, but I have shame. Sure. Um, and, and my, pastor ended up praying for emotional healing for me instead of mm -hmm. physical healing. Um, mm -hmm. and then that week I discovered the mind body connection. Whoa. You. And wow. so I see that as, as God coming through and not, he didn't, he didn't heal my body, but he should, he said, here, here's the science. Um, yeah. let's heal your fear. Let's hear you heal your shame, fear and shame yeah. are my, my primary emotions that under oh. mm -hmm. um, rid it all. So yeah. So I just appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's, that's interesting to have that. Parallel. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. No, I, I agree. It's, I, I know God is, you know, and I think, I think along those lines, I, I definitely felt shame and I felt, I also was like, am I just not faithful? Cause when I read how God is, Oh, he's a healer. I, I believed he does not want me to be in pain. I don't think he wants us to suffer. We will we do live in a broken world. So there's suffering, but I don't think that he intends for us to just be, you know, sick and ill. And, and, you know, I think he does want us to live full, healthy, good lives. 
I mean, eventually we all will pass away, but it doesn't mean that right now we can't be, you know, vibrant and well. And, and I really believed that. And yet I was like, God, why, where is, what am I missing? And, and, you know, I think of the bleeding woman who for 12 years just suffered and yet she just reached out and let go of her shame, let go of what anybody else thought and just allow God to heal her. And that's where I finally feel like, you know, God just took me. I had to just, cause like I said, I used to not really talk about it. And then it became, then it started to become my identity. Anytime I saw somebody like, Hey, how's your migraines? How are you doing? And then I was kind of like, I'm, I was grateful for the compassion, but I also was like, I don't want my identity to be identity to be Marcy's and she just has migraine. Yeah. You know, I was, so it was it. And then I loved learning about mind body syndrome. And that fact is the, they really encourage you not to actually talk about your pain and that you don't have to. And I remember reading something that said, you don't have to explain the way you heal to others. And for whatever reason, that just took some pressure off of me. Like I can, cause then I thought, well, I'm getting better. I got to, you know, and I was like, no, just I don't need to do that. I, I think I put so much pressure on myself to try to be well. And then I put pressure on myself to try to prove I was going to get well. I don't know. I just had to kind of let that piece go, you know, and, and just trust that I could get well. And then by my living that way, you know, and me shifting. And now I just don't, honestly, I don't talk about my migraines that much. I mean, people will still ask and I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And then move on, you know? And then, so I was like, is it me that's changed or is it, you know, other people's perceptions But I think I'm shifting the way I even view myself, you know? Yes. I don't know about, well, I'll just ask you, did you find it when you realized, okay, I need to, I need to stop talking about my pain. Did you find that to be scary or relieving or both? Well, it, it, it so consumed me, you know, for so much of my life that I was like, if I really stop thinking about and stop ruminating and stop hypervigilantly, is that the word <laughs> being hypervigilant about what will I have to think about? You know, like it so was such a part of how I lived. And so, yeah, I think it was a little scary at first, like mm. it almost became my, my way of coping with it you know? And so letting go of that, even though it's what I wanted to do was a bit scary be is be because it's what I knew. But now that I've let that go and, and trust the process of that, because, you know, I remember uh, I was not feeling well several months back and I stayed home from, from church and I called my husband or I texted him as he was on his way to church. And I was like, Hey, I'm in pretty bad pain. I said, but I'm not afraid. And I remember literally just saying, I'm not afraid. And I wasn't. And I sat with the pain and I thought, I don't know what's going to happen. It, typically I would have gone and just got my prescription medicine and let it kick in and try to go through the day. But I was like, no, I'm going to sit here and try to do this like a somatic track. And we haven't mentioned that, but just process like, okay, what am I feeling? Where's it at? What's, what's my body telling me right now? And, I, and I'd never done it before. So I'm like, is this is this going to work? You know? And I just sat there and it was really bad pain. And I, I, I just sat there with it, not, not in fear, but just with curiosity and it moved, it went away. And then I was like, there's something like, it was the first time I was like, I'm like getting chills thinking about, cause I was just like, oh my gosh, there's something to this. 
And I'm like, it went away without any medicine, without anything. I just, I couldn't believe it. And eventually it did come back. So I did have to kind of, you know, manage the rest of it, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. And that was the first moment that I was like, okay, I've got it. I, I was like, good job brain. I was like, you did something, you shifted something, you know? And, and I just kind of literally physically pictured a new pathway starting in my brain. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Um, do you, do you remember which somatic, where did you hear, did you listen to a somatic tracking exercise or did you just hear people talking about it? How did you learn to use somatic tracking is what basically what I'm asking. Was it through Garden yeah. or other? You know, I, I, I think you had mentioned it in one of your podcasts and I think then I looked up um, and saw Alan Gordon doing a somatic tracking with yeah. somebody with back pain on YouTube. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, and I just kept watching it over and over, thinking of the questions he was asking, how did she do it? How did she handle it? So then I, that's kind of what I did. I kind of put that into practice because I didn't really have any books yet. Now I've gone and gotten, you know, Howard Schubiner's books and I've gotten, you know, I've, I've, I've done so much more under, getting more understanding, but then I just kind of took what I knew and tried to put that into practice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, it sounds like we have similar healing journeys, but I, I found that the more that I stopped and like paid attention to what people were doing, like what was really happening with somatic tracking mm. and taking notes and paying attention to what's, what's happening in my brain. When I started to, to, to take the time to understand what was really taking place in the brain, that's when I started to, to find relief, um, instead of just like spoon feeding people telling me things and then being like, wait, why, why does this help? What is happening here? Yeah. Um, what does that say about how I am living? And it, it, you know, it just showed me like somatic tracking was not something I used in my healing journey. I was unaware of it until I had almost healed. And so, um, but I see the way that I talk to my pain as a similar, um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it basically the same thing in the brain is just like looking at my symptoms in a way with compassion and like curiosity and like what, yeah, like you were saying, like, what do you need right now? What, what's, what's yeah. happening around me? That's so scary that I, that I need to claim truth about either God or about who I am in Christ and like put on that safety lens of perceiving these sensations in my body. And so, yeah. So just, I think I'm just putting that as a plug out there for the, yeah. of like, think about like when you're using these tools or hear about them, what, what's actually taking place in your brain so that you can start applying it in other ways in, in life. Yeah. That education was huge for me. Um, and, and when you would speak in your podcast and I remember you even sent me some positive statements mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because I, I'm a pretty critical person and in, within my internal critic, if you will, and, and, judging myself and I didn't realize how much I lived in that space in my own head and so I would hear you say positive things and it really resonated and calmed my brain I was finding I actually remember one time I was in so much pain I was in the in the bathroom floor just you know kind of rocking and my husband came in this is a couple years ago and he just held me and I was so discouraged and he just held me and he said Marcy he said this is just one moment he goes, you're going to get through it and you're strong. And him saying those words to me, I couldn't find those words within myself. 
but coming from outside to me, it that compassion helped me so much. And I know that's a huge mm. piece of healing is being able to be, like you just said, being kind to myself and to my own brain and having compassion. And, and so I did have to take on like what you're saying, like learn how to speak that way and really believe it to myself, not just like say a positive statement, but do I really believe that? And that really helped shift. And, and what I loved was looking at the science behind what happens when that kind of compassion is shown to my brain. And I think Dr. Howard Schubiner shares a lot about that. And um, I believe Dr. Hanscom said something like that, that hope and optimism they're finding, they have studies where the brain is healing with it. So again, just seeing, you know, the hope of God, the hope in our brain, like all of that, that it sets us up to heal. And I just was fighting. I was, I think my fear, my shame, my negative thoughts, living in a place that I didn't realize I had gotten into a place of just um, protection. So everything was protection mode, if that is the way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, Shifting that really is where, like you were just saying, helped me to see my brain start to heal. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fear, um, fear is, is so interesting because by living in protection mode, we think that that's how we resolve fear. Right. So, um, but in reality, we haven't, we've just settled into fear mode um, by protecting ourselves and and that yeah. still it's still subconsciously living in fear so until we begin to face those fears yeah and, yeah and and you know we talked briefly about I mean fear was definitely being a big part of I don't know I I had I had heard growing up and I had heard you read in the scriptures do not be afraid yeah. you know and you hear um you know, don't, and, and, and for whatever reason, I looked at that as, okay, I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm going to push through fear. Like fear is not going to win. But what I was doing was doing it still through and in and around fear. And so I was almost, uh, continuing to, you know, deepen that, that pathway of fear by, pushing through it. And then I realized, wait, it's not doing it in the, in the midst of fear. It's doing it without fear. Yeah. And I had to sit there and say, what does that feel like to not be afraid? Cause I mean, so many times Jesus is like, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And I think, you know, you know, I've heard, and you maybe have heard too, like, you know, fear is not, I don't remember how it goes, but it's, it's being courage. Courage is like, going, you know, it's not, it's not having fear. It's doing it through fear. Even there was, the world was even saying that this was how to handle fear, if that makes sense. (laughs) But yeah. So I just remember thinking, can I do something with like, and, and just saying, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just, I'm just not going to be afraid. I'm going to do this without fear And, and really shifting it is bringing that calming uh, that my brain needed, you know, and to allow my brain to be like, Oh, she's not afraid. Look, she's okay. She's doing this, you know, and doing it not in fear. And so we can, we can all just be okay. (laughs) We don't need to have pain. I, um, I, I, I 
I almost just want to rewind this video and listen to this part again, because I think this is so profound. I've never heard anybody explain it so well. It is not about facing our fears. It is about learning how to do the thing without fear. And yeah. in, in our culture, we talk about, you know, I can do hard things um, is a phrase we use or hear or see commonly. Um, and it's not about doing the hard things. It's about changing how you do the hard things. Um with yeah. peace that passes understanding. And like, like we were talking about when I am weak, he is strong and, and being safe in that space. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I just love it. I love what you're, what you're saying there so much. So true. Yeah. And, and I know, I know that with Christ, I can live that way, but it's something I have to intentionally because it's so in me. And I think it's from when I was, a you know, all of our life, we're just taught to be careful, be careful. Don't you don't. So you're just taught. I don't know. That just became a default for me. I'm just, you know, I'm going to, but I'm, but I, I always push through, you know, like, so, um, just saying, no, it's, of course I want to be careful. We don't want to put ourselves in, you know, in danger, but I don't have to live in danger. So I started asking, I was like, God, mm. only let me fear what I need to fear. If I don't need to fear it, don't let me make it really clear. Otherwise let, I'm just not going to live in that place. Yeah. So it, it has been an intentional shift. And I, I remember hearing that it's what fuels pain is fear is what fuels pain. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I've got I'm of only that. fueling my pain, you know? Yeah. So, and I think for me, you know, cognitively saying, I don't have to fear um, was not helpful. And, and, yeah. and everybody, everybody's brain is wired differently. So for some people listening, maybe that is a way to get to your subconscious, um, yeah. truest emotions. But I, I almost had to start with my body and say, okay, if I, if my goal is to not fear, what is my, what does my body feel like when I am not in fear? Mm -hmm. So when I would go to do the thing, I would put my body in that place of, of peace, that passes understanding or whatever God was showing me, letting my body reflect it first. And then, then maybe yes, reciting the, the scripture, the, um, the statement, I am strong or whatever it is, but I had to, I had to start with my body because my nervous system was just so racked that it didn't mm. want to fall in line with whatever I cognitively claimed. So, yeah. And, I mean, that's the mind body connection, right? It doesn't matter where you start. It's the same. The brain is in your body. It's, <laughs> it is the same unit. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's profound. Um, okay. So, so it sounds like you are saying somatic tracking was a significant tool for you in healing um, what else did you find? Like after you discovered the mind body connection, you start down this journey, let's just say, you know, you're, you're, um, you're picking three of your favorite mm -hmm. schools. What were they somatic tracking? Yeah. Um, definitely, uh, the expressive writing tool, um, just taking time to, and I kind of, I'm a, I'm a big, like, process. I like to process things out. I talk, I like to talk it out loud and I'll just be like, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's going on. And I, I wasn't big at saying, let me just write it all down, you know, but I remember hearing about the expressive writing, just write it all out, write whatever's on your mind, write it out and then just tear it up. And I was like, okay, let me try that. And so I just kind of, without 
being in control of what was coming out, I just started writing everything. And I did that for a couple of months and would just tear it up afterwards and throw it away. And so it just really helped to kind of get things out that I didn't even know was inside of my mind or myself, you know, and, um, and say things that maybe sometimes I would feel like you shouldn't say this or think this, you know, like that's not appropriate to feel and think. And, and the expressive writing just kind of helped me to be like, no, I'm going to get it all out the good, the bad and the ugly and not try to keep it all like, you know, and so, yeah, just, um, expressing myself through writing. I think the somatic tracking, um, deep breaths was really helpful. I think just Mm. even focusing on like taking a deep breath and sending even the oxygen to that part of my system that maybe kind of visualize like, cause I would get pain in my shoulder sometimes it would then move up to, you know, my head. And so I would kind of know this is a beginning place for that symptom to kind of get bad. And so I would send it there and just kind of calm that area, which maybe is a bit of somatic, is that somatic tracking or is that just breath? There's, prob- there's probably elements of it in there, but yeah. Maybe. yeah so I don't know if that's an actual but that's something that helped me and somebody mentioned once to not focus on the symptom area but focus where something's feeling well I don't know if that was you sharing just like I'm going to focus on like the part of my body that feels well right now because most of my body wasn't feeling the pain it was always one area that I it took all my focus so I was like well my hand feels really good I'm gonna or my arm feels really good I'm just gonna and, and try, and I, I tried to use that tool to kind of like shift my brain to focus on what feeling good feels like right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's a tool, but it's something I did. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, I've definitely heard people talk about that. I, I had all over pain. So okay. that, that part or that tool didn't, wasn't as effective for me, okay. but I've definitely heard people um, say that that was effective and helpful. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of shifted my focus a little bit, but yeah, but this somatic tracking, expressive writing, and um, I think, you know, deep breaths were, yeah, three tools that I think I were really helpful. Um, do, when you look back, do you, do you see like a, a perfect storm of what brought the bulk of your symptoms on? Do you know what, what was behind it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I've definitely had a lot of intense, stressful things happen through my life. Um, and I've never necessarily correlated that all of a sudden this intense, stressful thing happened. Now I'm in pain to me, although those things happened, it was more, I feel like it was this gradual way of me processing danger in everyday life through family situations or, my work situations or just life in general, it could, I think it just ended up becoming, uh, so to me, it, it, that the daily pressure and stress I ended up putting on myself, uh, became kind of a way of became uh, chronic in itself, if that makes sense. And yeah. so, yeah, so it wasn't like I, but I could, I don't know, I could be wrong. Maybe there was some big thing that happened that started it all, you know, cause there were definitely a lot of, whether it's deaths or cancer diagnoses or, you know, uh, just intense things that happened to my family, you know, that we've all, we all have experienced as intense things, but 
you know, a lot of people experience intense things, but don't have migraines. So I was like, but so what is it for me? <laughs> you know, if that makes sense, but yeah. Those, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we know because of the ACEs study that trauma brings on uh, yeah. more probability of chronic symptoms. Um, but sometimes people don't have trauma and it is the daily pressure of that you're talking about that sometimes we put on us, other people haven't even put on us. And yeah, that pressure can be incredibly intense. Like, I mean, think about living under the type of pressure that we put on ourselves all the time that, well, that's chronic, you know? So that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I had learned definitely growing up, um, to be very aware of when other people were angry or when they weren't doing well. And so I became kind of a person that felt the need to fix that situation. or I was responsible for that situation or, you know, if everybody, if somebody's not happy, what can I do to make sure that we fix that or that we're happy? Because not, and, and I think as a kid, it wasn't so much because I wanted others to be happy. I was like, if they're not happy, it's going to affect me. And so, you know, it was kind of this selfish way of, of living as a kid. And I remember reading, Jen, um, that the part of the brain that causes physical pain, gosh, how did it say it responds? The part of the brain that causes pain, causes physical pain and emotional pain, um, at the same place in your, in your brain. I can't remember. I'm not saying that right. But, um, when we experience physical pain versus when we experience emotional pain, the same part of the brain lights up. Thank you. That's right. Yes. That's what, that's what I remember reading. And I was like, wait, and I, and, and so I think for me, that was, um, kind of a, a light going on. That's like, okay. Cause when I was a kid, I had I didn't have migraines, but I, I think I was developing these, these ways of emotionally handling things that eventually became the pain, the physical pain yeah. uh, that I ended up suffering with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, um, that, that empath, that, that caring that other people are emotionally well is also, it's just a huge, a huge burden that to keep everybody else around us happy. <laughs> I mean, that's trying to control things that we can't control. And, um, yeah. And if we don't feel comfortable when other people are, um, unhappy, then yeah. we're living in dis-ease simply by how other people are operating. And that dis-ease can also activate that same part of the brain, um, that you were Yes. Yes. That's exactly that's a great way of saying what I'm trying to express. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it matters. And um, I was just listening to a podcast the other day, the place we find ourselves. And um, he was talking about as in, in childhood, how sometimes or adulthood, we, we make these commitments um, of things like that we're kind of aware of, but maybe not. And they, they can be mm-hmm. things like, um, I'm going to make sure everybody around me is happy or I'm never going to get hurt again or things like that. And then we just take this huge burden. He takes, he takes a Christian like um, perspective that, that it might be a commitment that we're making to a lie that Satan's telling us, like, it is your job to make sure that everybody is happy. And you're like, I will do that for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then we live under that, that burden forever. Um, Yeah. That was pretty 
interesting to look at. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can get praised for that. You know, I remember feeling like, oh, wow, you're doing such a great job because you're taking care of all these things. And, and we, we should care for people, of course, and take care of, you know, but I shouldn't feel responsible. So I had to kind of figure that out, like, and just being okay. And just like you said, I think there was a lot of control I was trying to have and just to let go of that and just trust people, you know, I mean, to, to, to take care of themselves, <laughs> you know? And I think this is a really interesting subject to, to bring up and think about and talk about with people because it is important to encourage one another, right? So if we see somebody who's being loving and yet that, you know, that person takes it as, okay, now this is my responsibility. Like, wow, you're so loving to, you know, your, 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 your sick mom. Um, you're, you're such a good caretaker for your mom. And then you take that on as well now for the rest of my life. Um, I want, I want to feel like I am good at this. And so I'm going to do this. And, and all of a sudden you've carried this burden. Like how do we encourage and love people without having them take it on as a, this is your label that you need to fulfill for the rest of your life. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's really a good thing to think about. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. It's 1038. Let's, I just want to get maybe, how are you doing with time? Um, good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what haven't, uh, what haven't I asked you that I think is important? Um, I love to talk about personality traits. What do you <laughs> do? Did you find that, um, analyzing that or looking at your personality traits, was that helpful for you in the healing journey? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, you had mentioned in one of your podcasts, the fawn response, and I had never heard of that. Would you say that's a personality trait? The fawn response? Could it be? I don't, I don't know. This will go there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but it, for whatever reason, because the fawn response, how you explained it, 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 again, it was like this light went on, like, that's what I do. It's kind of what we were just talking about. I, if somebody's not happy or they're upset, I'm going to go towards that and try to help that, you know, versus there are definitely times where I fight or flee or free. I mean, all of those can kind of happen, but for whatever reason, the fawn response of going towards the, 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 I'll say in this case, it's not an enemy, but going towards the, the situation that's not, you know, good is something I saw myself doing. And it just made a lot of sense to me. You know, if someone's angry, I don't, I don't know, for whatever reason, I felt like I need to go into that, you know, I'm going to go in. And again, I think it was me trying to control that. Right. And so, um, but of course my system was like danger, 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 you know? And, uh, so being able to kind of just identify that. And I think, I don't know if it's a personality trait, but just, I can often feel like if I, that I'm doing something wrong, you know, like I'm, I'm not doing the right thing. And so maybe that could be perfectionism or something. I don't know which one that would come under, you know, but, um, you know, I definitely saw, I definitely think those things lend to me having, uh, this, putting this pressure on myself and and moving, moving into situations that weren't actually safe for me. So to identify that and say, you don't need to be that way. You don't need to do that. It's, you know, take that pressure off yourself has been really helpful. Um, 
I heard that like, I don't know if this is accurate, but like 95% of what I do or what we do throughout the day can come from our subconscious that we just respond from our subconscious. And I remember thinking if it's so strong, how do I ever overcome if it's not leading me in the right place? Yeah. And so then I remember um, talking to, or I asked a question on a, like a live um, Facebook feed with Dan Ratner. And he mentioned that if you can go after your conscious mind, it will then eventually affect the subconscious. And that just, again, gave me a lot of power. Like, okay, I'm just not like my personality trait or the things that are kind of my, my default, they don't have to lead me towards danger. Like I can, I can have power to overcome this and go towards safety um, internally. So those are some of the personality things that, you know, I kind of looked into. Love it. Yeah. Those are good ones too. Um, the fawn response I find in, in so many of us with chronic pain. Yeah. Do you? Interesting. Yeah. Because it, because it feels like love fawn response feels like you are. Mm, Okay. It feels like you are doing the right thing to unpack it simply. I I see it as fight is you, is you fight the, the lion. Let's say you, you fight the lion. The flight is you run from the lion. The freeze is that you curl up in a ball and you hope it doesn't see you. And the fawn is you try to become friends with the Mm, lion. Yeah. You move in and you think, wow, I'm seeing being so kind. Here's some candy. Um, (laughs) Be happy. And, 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 you know, and and that's, we think that it's love, but it's fear. And then we're living in relationship with the bear. And sometimes we have no choice. Like if you're in a childhood experience and, and the bear is in your home, um, your, your only choice is to bring candy mm-hmm. and, and there should be all the grace in the world for that younger you that lived mm-hmm. in a fond response. But at some point in time, we're not living with the bear anymore and we're mm-hmm. still doing it to all the bears out in the world. Um, yeah. or we realize, Hey, I, I, you, you can leave my house, you know, if yeah. bear. um, but yeah, so there's just this facade that it's the good loving christian thing to do in reality it's just putting yourself in that's so good oh that's so good yeah okay well wrapping this up because i actually have a client 15 minutes (laughs) nice what if you just in closing what would you um i guess what would you want to share with people who are just starting their journey what would you want to make sure that they know hmm Oh gosh. Well, I just know everybody's so different, you know, and to not try to compare ourselves to one another, I think was a really important piece for me, but to find our own journey, our own path. Um, and to, I think for me to just to remind ourselves to be patient with ourselves, it takes time, but it is the right thing. If, if it's an, if, if in fact we know we have mind body syndrome, it will heal and to keep being patient each step of the way. And I know for me, I wanted it to, okay, good. That's going to be done in a week, you know? And, um, it, it is, it, it just, it took a lot of time for me to get here. It, it doesn't have to take that long to get out, but, um, just to be patient, um, and just to not compare, you know, ourselves, but to stay on what's best for us. Um, I think also the last thing I would probably say is just to keep learning 
Cause you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I get it now. But yet then the next day I find something new that I'm like, Oh, that's different than what I thought I understood. And so, you know, even for migraines, I remember hearing that the pain was in your the brain was making the pain. So I was like, Oh, that means my brain is injured. That's right. why I have pain in my head. Right. And then somebody said, no, your brain, your, your head's fine. It's just, that's where the pain gets made. And for whatever reason, just hearing that I was like, Oh, it, I don't have, my brain isn't injured. You know, my, my head is fine. So I just, I guess I say that to say it, it was me continuing to learn that helped even put the pieces together. So I think that's such a beautiful thing that we can keep growing and learning, even when we feel like we found some good solid answers. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I so. remember I've shared this before, but I remember maybe three or four weeks into my healing journey, just turning to my sister and saying, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, <laughs> yeah. once I realized pain is, is ultimately a fight or flight nervous system response. I was like, well, I can turn that off. All right. I got this. <laughs> it turns out it's hard to unlearn, you know, 40 years of <laughs> all these neural pathways. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome. thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to share your, Oh, journey. thank you. What I'm do you so one more question, just this is a leading question. Where do you see yourself going from here? Um, as you're coming out of the healing journey, where do you want to go? Oh, wow. Well, you know, the thing I think about is I'm just going to keep doing it every day, the healing, like it's, it's, it's something we're going to have to keep doing for the rest of my life is how I look at it. And, but doing it, you know, and enjoying it. Um, and I actually, you so inspired me. I remember for when you mentioned, you're like, I'm a chronic pain coach. I'm like, that's a thing, like a, a chronic pain coach. So I'm actually just um, really looking into some training. I'm going to take some training and would love to be a chronic pain coach, uh, you know, down the road. Um, so yeah, that's part of, part of where I feel like uh, I'm headed to. So, but you've definitely inspired me in your path. So I, I really appreciate, appreciate you. Well, and I just love the the idea that you already have a platform in ministry. And so um, you just being able to incorporate this could help so many Christians and not um, yeah. your audience, your, your platform in ministry is already Christians that like that would be such a gift to people. Um, I'm already seeing I have an impact in the way I way I'm kind of able to look at my own healing and then able to help others. So you're right. It's, it's already having an impact. So I'm really grateful. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for watching. I hope you have a great week and I will see you in our next Saturday. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.